Joy is your compass. Thank you, Jesus. What a morning. I broke the mic right before I was coming up here. Thank you to JT for fixing it. Well, somebody's celebrating today. I'm sure it's more than one person because it is National Girl Scout Day, which means the cookies are out everywhere. Okay, tell me the truth. Who has ever been a Girl Scout? wanted to be, but my parents wouldn't let me. Yeah, it took a long time to get over because I wanted to be a Girl Scout. And I love the Samoas, if that's where you pronounce it. Love those. And Pastor Marlon loves the Thin Mints. And we went to get some yesterday. And wouldn't you know, those were the only two that were sold out. Why are y'all sitting back there? I see you. Uh -huh, that's not where you sit, but okay. Um, also, <laughs> call her out, today is a day of celebration because it is our very own JT's birthday! <laughs> Happy birthday! I got Girl Scout cookies for you. <laughs> Since, you know, we, we, we couldn't get the ones that we wanted, hopefully these are ones that you like. I missed you all last week. But I have to admit to you that my blessing is that I was having big fun. <laughs> I was having big fun. I went on my first, uh, not my first cruise, but my first ever sister cruise. Me and my sisters went on our very first vacation together. It's the first time. We are celebrating 50 years of sisterhood because I'm the last one this year to be 50. My sisters are already. So we went on a sister's cruise and it was big fun. And the best part um, about a cruise, if, you, if you've never been on one, is that it makes, it forces you to relax. Like, there's nothing to stress about because there's no internet. There, you can't even text. You have no idea what's going on in the world or at home. Nothing. And you pay for everything up front, so when you get on the boat, you don't need no money. You eat whatever you want, when you want it, do what you want, when you want it. And if you're like me and my sisters, lay out by the pool all day and get all the sun you can. So I am very thankful that we had a great time, but I did miss you all. And I'm really excited for this word because God gave this to me before I went on the cruise. Um, so I've been chomping at the bit to be here today to share this with you. So let's pray. Father God, thank you. Because I know you've got something planned today. You've already started it with the presence through the worship. Your presence through the worship was so evident. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you. We surrender the rest of this time to you. Your will be done in this house. In Jesus' name, God, open up our ears to hear every word that you want to say. And open up our spirits to receive it and keep it digested and walk away with it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. De can we do our declaration? Hebrews 4.16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Declarations are so important. What, what we're doing is two things. One, we're memorizing scripture. 
because every week as we say this, you'll, you'll memorize it before you know it. And you make it personal. So you're exercising your faith. So you're not only quoting scripture, memorizing scripture, but you're exercising your faith. So I encourage you to always make it personal to you. Say, I come boldly. I come boldly, right? I come boldly to the throne of grace that I may obtain mercy and find grace to help me in time of need. That's how you make it personal. That's your declaration of faith. Okay, question for you. Have you ever heard that saying, something is old faithful? You know, like something that you may have had for years that maybe your kids are like, you really need to throw that away. Like that's old. That is old. It's ugly. It's torn up. You know, or, or there's new and improved versions. Like maybe you still have like that cassette player, you know, and you're like, but it still works. It's been faithful. It's been faithful to me. I'm not getting rid of it. But come on, there's Spotify now. You know, there's, you know, why? I, my sister has this potato masher, which I know some of you probably don't even know what that is. I know you have never seen a potato masher, Layla, but it's a handheld, this like hand tool to mash potatoes. It takes a lot of work. She loves it. That's what, when my grandfather passed away many, many years ago, that's what she wanted because she had fun when we were growing up mashing potatoes with him. Even though there's electric mixer, you know, that you just, it's really simple and easy. That's old faithful. She's been faithful to her. It matters to her. It has value. Even though it takes a little extra work, a little bit longer, it's more joyful to use it. Not too long ago in my prayer time, I found myself, like, for a week um, straight, like, just crying out to the Lord. Like, just with tears. Like, I was, I was interceding for people and, you know, just, just hurting for some people. Um, and then, then I got quiet, and that's when God talks. He talks to us all the time, but we have to get quiet to hear him. Yeah. And I love when God reminds me. Oh, I love that when he reminds me of like, who I am or what he's done for me or something in the past uh, that he's brought me through. And, and when I got quiet, I heard the Lord say, do you remember when you used to shout your way out? Because this was a week long of just crying out for the, before the Lord. And so I, had, I, I stopped and I thought for a minute. And I started to remember. I started to remember Man, I used to get it, church. Like, in my house, it was cray-cray. When I was in my early 20s, I would run through that house. I anointed everything. I mean, I went through the drawers and anointed every piece of clothing. And, I mean, I would sing at the top of my lungs to some Southern Gospel Baptist music. And I wasn't even Baptist. I was Pentecostal. But that was the music that moved me. And, and God was reminding me. He's like, he said, I've, I've heard your prayers. I've wiped your tears. Now it's time to get up. He said, it's time to get up. Old faithful rejoicing. Old faithful rejoicing. And then I remembered this one particular time. I didn't even think I told anybody at this time how this really happened because I didn't want to, but I was listening to this song, this revival song. And I was you know, I was running through the house. You know, my kids were real little. My daughter was in preschool, so they were at, you know, I had the house to myself. And I'm worshiping, and I'm jumping, and I'm jumping around, having a good old time. And I fell and sprained my ankle. It hurt so bad. It hurt so bad. I had to crawl to the phone because there were no cell phones. 
I had to crawl to the phone and call my sister to come take me to the hospital and then have to have a neighbor go pick my daughter up from school and she thought it was stranger danger and she wouldn't go. And I was in the hospital, you know, and it was, but I have to play. I, I need you to hear the song that I was listening to, okay? This, this, is, what, this is what I used to listen to. T uh, Tim, could you play that? Just like 10 seconds. I don't want anybody to run away. sent that to the worship team, but I thought, they already overwhelmed them with, with playing the Rejoice song, and oh my goodness, yes. you all, you know what, the anointing was so thick through that song, thank you, thank you, thank you for loving me <laughs> and doing that song, thank you. Rejoicing is foolproof, I promise you, it will change you every time. It will change you every time. Rejoice means to have or possess joy. It's that simple. It's that simple. To have or possess, it's yours. You possess the joy. And rejoicing is just, it is the utterance. It's the sound of expressing the joy that you possess. It's expressing, the sound of expressing the joy that you possess. Let's start and look and see what Jesus said about joy. John 15, 11. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Now first, I gotta, have you ever had someone repeat your words but in the wrong tone, and they have a completely different meaning. So for, for an example, this did not happen, it's just an example, but suppose, you know, Pastor Monica went to Pastor Ron and said, now, remember, your tone, your face is going to tell on your tone, right? So, so she said, I heard Pastor Michelle say, them kids in kids' church are so loud. Now, that's going to make you think a certain way, right? But in reality, the tone and expression, again, I'm making all this up, was the kids in kids' church are so loud during worship. Completely different meaning. Because I said it with enthusiasm, with excitement, because it was joy-filled, whereas if you say it in that tone of pastor that I was giving an example, it's a negative. And when I was reading and studying for this, this message and reading the words of Jesus that we just read, I heard, the, I heard Jesus say, he's like, why are you reading it like that? He said, why do most of my children read the word in such a somber tone? Think about that. Those that read their Bible in here, you don't have to tell me, but think about that. When you read your Bible, how do you read it? Because he said, I never talk like that. He said, you just read where I was joy-filled all the time. I said, so that my joy may fill you with joy, right? So he was joy-filled all the time. That alone is enough to rejoice and at least read the words in red with joy. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yeah. 
Let's look at Matthew 28, 9. This is good stuff. This is still Jesus. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. Mary and Mary went to the tomb and they couldn't find Jesus there. And lo and behold, they turn around and there he is. And what did he say? Rejoice. One word. He didn't say, hi, Mary. Hi, Mary, it's Jesus. I'm over here. No, he gave them one word, right? He said rejoice. And you don't say rejoicing like rejoice. That's not what that word means, right? You got to say it like Jesus said it. And he gave them one word that was so important, only one word mattered, and he said rejoice. Come on, church. Somebody rejoice. Somebody tell the Lord he is good. Now, what did God say about rejoicing? We got Jesus in the New Testament. Now, what did the Lord say, the Creator say about rejoicing in the Old Testament to the Israelites? Deuteronomy 12, 12. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God, you and your sons and your daughters, your male and female servants, and the Levite who is within your gates, since he has no portion nor inheritance for, with you. God was preparing the Israelites for the promised land, and the first thing that he told them was, so you know, when you come into my presence, when you come before me, you come rejoicing. Amen? So when you come through those doors, you best believe the Spirit of God is always here. He is commanding us to come into his presence rejoicing. And when it gets better, (laughs) it gets better. Watch this one. Look at this one. Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one, will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Come on. God loves you that much. He says, I rejoice over you. And how? With gladness, with singing. That's how much God loves you. He says, you come into my presence and rejoice because I am rejoicing over you. Amen? All right. So we got with Jesus. Joyfield said about rejoicing. We know what the Lord said. So now what did the Apostle Paul say? Because remember, the Apostle Paul wrote almost, you know, th- almost the whole New Testament besides the life of Christ, right? That's how we live today. He wrote the letters to the churches who are showing us, teaching us how to live today. So what did he say? Let's look at Philippians 4.4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Now first, before we start, I start rejoicing, I have to say, after reading that, um, I was very thankful that the Lord is not like me and not like most of us, because when my kids were growing up, when I told them to do something, I told them once. I said, look, you're going to go clean your room, and I'm not going to tell you again. But God loves us so much and cares that we obey him that he said it twice in one sentence. He said, rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I tell you, rejoice. 
That's how important it was. That's how important it is. And, and the Apostle Paul, he didn't have no reason, no obvious physical reason to rejoice at this time. Yet he wrote, the, the book of Philippians is four chapters. That's it. And in four chapters, he said rejoice and joy 15 times. 15 times you'll find those two words in four small chapters. And yet the Apostle Paul was sitting in prison. He's sitting in prison at this time. And I ain't never been to jail, thank you, Jesus. But I can assure you that the prisons back then, I mean, the ones now probably look like the Ritz compared to what they were back then, okay? That was not fun. For two years already, for just sharing the love of Jesus. And, and, and if you study the, the history and the culture at that time, he was chained to a Roman soldier. So he's sitting in prison, chained visualize that, to the enemy. Yet he said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Fifteen times the word is mentioned in those four chapters while he is sitting in jail. He made a deliberate choice to rejoice in spite of his circumstances. And then look at, look at 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Still the Apostle Paul, by the way. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God. So he had, he had a choice to make. He's sitting in jail, chained to the enemy, a Roman soldier, thinking, all this, God, because I spread the good news about Jesus, this is not fair, and I can just complain and complain, or... We can be like the Apostle Paul who looked at his circumstances and said, I'm not chained to you. You're chained to me. <laughs> Let me tell you about my Jesus because I've got your undivided attention. Let me tell you about my Jesus, right? That's how you rejoice in your circumstances. That's how you give thanks in all things. I didn't learn this lesson when I was young because all I wanted for Christmas was a Polaroid camera. That's it. In the early 90s or mid-80s, actually, I was like 13. That's all I wanted. And sometimes we got what we wanted, but sometimes we didn't. And I prayed and I prayed. I was like, Jesus, that's all I want is a camera. I just want a Polaroid camera. Come Christmas morning, I open up a couple of my little gifts, you know, in the box. I was like, that could be it. That's the right size for it. And I was so excited. And, I, and when I get real excited because I'm a big Christmas person, I'm a big gifts, and, and I take you know, like a little piece and a little piece, you know, like trying to peek into it, and it's mine, but, you know, I, I want to savor the moment. And, and I take it and I open it real slow. And it was a Polaroid camera. See, you didn't think I was going to get it, but I really did get it. And I was so excited because I got the camera. I was so thankful. And then I, I opened it up to start taking pictures, and... I was like, oh, it's green. And I looked at my mother. I said, why'd you get me a green camera? That's ugly. That lasted about 30-minute lecture after that. Because <laughs> that is how you don't give thanks in all things. Because, see, we can get what we want, but it's still sometimes never enough for us. But that's not what God said. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. Yeah. 
always and give thanks in all things. Amen? We can't misunderstand what the Apostle Paul means here because he's not saying that, that our feelings won't matter. He's not saying we're never going to be sad. We're never going to have sorrow. No, that's not what he means at all. But he is saying that we rejoice in the Lord always, meaning we can rejoice while in pain, while in sorrow. If you don't believe me, I'm about to prove it to you. John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. That's it. If, you've, if you do not know any scripture at all, or this is the easiest one for you to memorize. You can now say, I memorize scripture. Jesus wept. <laughs> Wait a minute, I got another one for you. Ready? 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. Rejoice always. The two shortest scriptures in the entire Bible are two words. And it ain't no coincidence that it's Jesus wept, rejoice always. Jesus wept, rejoice always. Our Savior wept while rejoicing. Our Savior rejoiced while in sorrow. So can we. So can we. We can sure bring our complaints to the Lord. We can definitely bring our feelings uh, of sorrow, uh, of disappointment to the Lord. Pastor Marlon just preached a few weeks ago on Psalm 3 where the Psalms are full of that. King David was full of expressing his emotions. That's what the Psalms are. But, but you notice at the end of every one, you find his, his, uh, his shift. He shifts gears from, from expressing his, or complaining and sharing his feelings to but God, thank you. To but God, thank you. Because King David enjoyed, uh, he experienced joy in those trials, in that pain. Because we're not rejoicing over the loss. We're not rejoicing over the loss of a loved one. But we are rejoicing in the Lord. And that's so key. That, those two words are the most important. In, three words, in the Lord. In the Lord. Many years, many years ago, there was a friend of mine at another church. And we were very, very um, similar. Like, we were the same age. We, we actually looked alike. We were both divorced. We both uh, had two children around the same age, a boy and a girl. And um, she got she got married, and about a year after she was married, um, she got pregnant. And this would have, this was the first child to her new husband. Immediately when she got pregnant, uh, she had a brain tumor, terminal cancer. And she decided to go through with the pregnancy, and she suffered, suffered, and suffered through those nine months of that um, cancer while pregnant. And she delivered a beautiful, healthy baby girl. And within a couple months, she passed away. But I want you to get is at the funeral, I'll never forget this because this is what taught me. This is what taught me what this scripture really means. At the funeral, 
the husband was in the front row with his baby and then the two, uh, her other two children in the front row. And I watched the pastor go and pick up that baby, hold that baby up and say as loud as he could, he said, the devil didn't win. That beautiful girl is about 16 years old right now, and that is how you rejoice in the Lord, despite all that you go through, all of your emotions. You rejoice in the Lord, not in the suffering, but we rejoice that we're not doing it alone. Amen? We rejoice that he is with us. We rejoice because he teaches us endurance and perseverance, and he walks through it with us. And then rejoicing and joyful is your birthright. I never thought of it that way until recently. It's your birthright. Joy is internal. Happiness is external. Happiness is, you know, it'll come and go because it depends on how it's going, how well it's going. Whereas joy is an abiding emotion given by God. It's internal, and it's a birthright because we rejoice in the Lord. The non-believers, they can't. They don't have that. They can't rejoice in the Lord. They can be happy and have happy moments, but it's in the Lord, right? So it belongs to the believers. It's our birthright, our right to rejoice in the Lord. Amen? Don't give up your birthrights. King David said in Psalms 35, he said, morning may last for night, but joy comes in the morning. Morning, sorrow may last for night, but joy comes in the morning. That morning is not at 6 a.m. That morning's not at 7 a.m. It's not when you hit your alarm or you hit your snooze or when the sun rises. Morning is when you tell your spirit to wake up. You tell your spirit, it's time to rejoice. It's done. It's time to get up. Right? Don't give up your birthrights. That belongs to you. When we were going on that cruise, we, got on, we were getting on the boat. Our luggage was already on the boat. And my sister didn't have the right documentation because we were misinformed. They made us get off the boat. They made us get our luggage off the boat. They said, go figure it out. And I thought, okay, well, I got a choice here. Am I going to practice what I'm about to preach? Because you know when you preach something like this, he's going to mess with you. And I thought, no, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord because you've got some nerve to not only mess with one of God's beauties, but you're going to mess with three. And everything we have comes from God. So you want to take on God? Oh, God, the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 30, he said, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. 31 says, it is frightening thing to be on the wrong side of a living God. So you can, you can bring it, devil, because whatever you choose to take at this moment, he's just going to give us double. Because, see, that's how the devil gets payback. That's how God pays back the devil. He's a spirit, right? What can he do? To, what, what is he going to do to him physically? No, no, no. He's going to hit him where it hurts by blessing you. That's how you get vengeance. That's how God gets vengeance. Don't you know we got on that boat? That's a long story, but we got on that boat. <laughs> Rejoicing is something you do. 
It's something we do. We rejoice in those hard times. Amen? We rejoice when our children walk away from God. We rejoice. We rejoice when we lose our job. We rejoice. We rejoice when, when there's tension at home. You rejoice. You rejoice when you get that dreadful word of cancer. You rejoice. Why? Because God is still God and good all the time. Amen? When we rejoice and sing praises, it changes us. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. And you always have a reason to rejoice. You always have a reason to rejoice. You rejoice over your salvation. That alone. That, that alone is all you need to have a reason to rejoice, is over your salvation. My last scripture, Psalm 51:12. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Do you see King David right there? That was a time of repentance. That was when he had an affair with Bathsheba and he was repenting. But did you notice he didn't say, restore to me my salvation? No. You can't overlook the most important part there. He said, restore to me the joy of my salvation. He's saying, God, I lost it along the way somewhere. I lost the joy in your presence. I lost the joy of my salvation. And church, I encourage you, if you have lost your joy, just repent and say, God, I have lost the joy of my salvation because that's where your joy starts. It starts with knowing who you are, that you are born again, that Jesus lives within you. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. And rejoice. And rejoice. Rejoicing in the Lord is about encompassing all of who God is. The joy of the Lord is about encompassing all of who God is. His love, his life, his, de- his death, his resurrection, and his promise of his return. And before I go any further, I want to do that prayer now. Because if maybe you don't have, maybe you don't have Jesus living in you, so your joy needs to begin right now. Yeah. It begins at salvation. So if we could close our eyes, and I want to uh, lead in a in, in a prayer for anyone in here who doesn't know Jesus, because I want you to, I want the joy in your life to begin right now. No one to go out of here without knowing the joy of the Lord. A birthright for every believer. And if you are not a believer at this moment, I encourage you to say this prayer with me. From your heart, wanting the love of Christ in you, wanting the joy of the Lord in you. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I repent and I surrender. And I pray, God, that you will help me to live the rest of my life for you. In Jesus' name, amen. And now I'm going to ask, actually, I'm going to ask the worship team to come up now because we're going to rejoice again. We are going to rejoice out of here. We're not leaving yet, but the same way we started. 
Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Give thanks in all things. At all times. Restore unto me the joy. The joy of your salvation. I ask you to stand. And I'm going to go a step further. I ask you to come up here. Put this over there. And rejoice. Come to the altar. And give him all of the praise and honor that he is so worthy and deserves. Come and rejoice with us.